Welcome back to Golf DMV. Uh, yeah, I'm Claude. Just waking up from my nap, from falling asleep during the final round of the Open Championship because it was a very pedestrian, somewhat boring. No, no, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a boring. It wasn't a boring championship. I don't think it was really that exciting. We'll talk about it. Um, but shout out to Brian Harmon. Yeah. Um, because, you know, look, going into the final round with the five-stroke lead, we've seen people do the moonwalk before, but not Clutch Brian. No, not b- bad Brian Harmon. He said, I've got this five-stroke. All I've got to do is play pretty much, you know, par golf, and I'm going to yeah. win this thing. And, you know, and uh, interestingly enough, I, I said we're going to get to it a little bit later, but you might as well start talking about it now. What was okay. interestingly enough was how there were people, you know, trying to trash, you know, kind of trash talking him and stuff, you know, during during his round. And and even on the first tee in the final round, there were some boos there when they announced that. It's like, wait a minute, what's going on wow. here? And so in the midst of adversity, and golf is not really a sport where that happens on that level. I mean, yeah, it's uncharacteristic. Like, but you've got to be like a Patrick Reed or somebody like that. And there's no reason why anyone would not like Brian Harmon. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, but he, he closed it out. Uh, ended up winning. I think he started the first round five strokes up, right? And then um, he did. He did have a little, a little second round. Yeah, he, he had, I could he, be wrong. He, he had a little tough situation early in his round, but he he, he you know got his footing under him and just kind of yeah. coasted really. Um, and I say coasted, coasted, but there's no such thing as coasting in golf. And I mean in golf, he had to you know he had he had to he had to hold on, and so he did that. So shout out to him. Of course, we got Byrne, we got Lawrence, we got a special guest joining us tonight, uh, Henry McGannon uh, from Real Golfer. Henry, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You appreciate it now, but we'll see if after the show you appreciate <laughs> me on the madness that is golf DMV. No, 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 no. He'll enjoy, he'll enjoy it. Still getting a lot of um, text messages and emails about the uh, episode with Lisa Cornwell uh, about her book, Troublemaker. Go back to the uh, website um, and check and check that episode um, uh, out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Open Championship. Vern, we'll start with you and LB, and then we'll go to Henry. Did, did, how much of it did you watch? Because, Vern, this is your favorite major, if, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I get up the moment we have um, – uh, you know, television coverage, I jump up and I go for it. You know, I, I'm yes. watching early in the morning. So, so did you watch a lot of it? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. I started uh, consuming coverage uh, day one. It just so happened that uh, my day job, I had to like rotate to a night shift for a couple of days, uh, like Tuesday through Thursday or something like that. So Thursday morning I was up and everything um, was cracking off and I was into it. I'm watching people. I'm watching the amateurs like, um, oh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Re- uh, a gentleman named Reeves from England, like all these guys who I don't know just like, you know, uh, uh, tee off. And I'm super excited that we're supposed to be doing work, but it is what it is. Um, so, <laughs> but what I, what I thought was most interesting, at least starting off, understanding that, you know, if we could circle back to the top, like it didn't, there was no drama in the finish. Like Harmon ran away with it. I got it. But I liked it because it didn't, it wasn't that from the beginning. A lot of the big names and even some guys we don't know had problems with the course, the opening two rounds and like really mm-hmm. had to work. Some of them had to work to make the cut, Scotty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Rom had to battle back. So I was pleasantly surprised with the course, you know, uh, I don't know, providing such a test uh, that it did, I guess, on the approaches. Because really, and I, I say that, but in, in like even on the opening T-shirt, one of the things I remember about the first round was how many people missed the fairway. Oh, and was like going like severely left, right? Way like, left. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait on a minute. hold that looked pedestrian. And so I appreciated this because you remember my, my in the preview show, I told you, I said, you know, there's going to be all these casual golf fans who wandered over here from wherever talking about, oh, the course doesn't look sexy like the other one. Da, 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 this is boring or whatever. And I was happy to see it. I was like, no, this is this is a legit challenge. So I did. Okay, I by the way, maybe content. Henry uh, can yeah. help us out with this uh, when we when we get to get to you, Henry. Like, um, 
uh, you know, as, as a cat, as a former caddy, um, you know, who's caddy at Pinehurst, um, you know, you can, you can help Key us Island. out with this. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm just trying to figure out why, why didn't, and Vern, you let me know if you, if you notice this, I'm trying to figure out why didn't everyone play to the right on, on of, of that fairway? Like, I mean, I understand that maybe, you know, maybe they were trying to cut across and, and get a, a shorter second shot, but right. everyone's just hooking over to the left. I'm thinking, why not just play, why not just play something easy right there on that corner, get on into, and then let's get this thing started. Like yeah, it, it seemed like they shaped it up maybe by day three. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I guess the tee boxes, I'm assuming the tee boxes moved too. Something about, to me, so many golfers did it. I was like, there must be some visual, something visual going on here when they're standing <laughs> on the tee box. Because when you look at it from right. the camera angles, it just looks like a straight a out straight par shot. four. And I've never seen so many pros just go like, <laughs> not like a little bit left, LB, like, Very like toward the, like damn near out of bounds. So I was like, huh, yeah. this, was, this was interesting. So it was that and a lot of the approaches. I, I appreciated that, like the, the defenses that the greens had around them, uh, like a lot of those undulations and mounds, classic links golf where guys are like trying to like just, you know, skirt the landing or whatever, and they come up just short and then they're way off over here, which is classic open championship golf. And that's why I love it. So uh, yeah, it was, it was good. You know, I, I enjoyed watching it. What about you, LB? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um, <laughs> the time. Uh, it, yeah. I was on the West coast. So that time was, a, was it earlier? Oh, it yeah. Was, it was like super right. early. I think yeah. either way it didn't, I did watch some of the, First round as I was working, I think that must have been Thursday or Friday. Forget right. it. It must have been Thursday. I didn't see any Friday, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see any Saturday. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the only thing I saw Sunday was after the round at uh, where did we play? Uh, oh, Poolsville. Poolsville. I watched a little bit while we were eating. So that, <laughs> that honestly, all right. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I was. I did look at the stats. Like in the afternoon, I would go back and look at the stats and see who who made the cut and that kind of stuff. Right. And they took a lot of people out. Yes, a lot of people right. out that I thought, you know, that should have made. I thought would at least make the cut. I didn't think they would, you know, would not make the cut. But it, yeah, it was a brutal. Especially when you look at oh six and fourteen, right. like how how it was like sixteen under or whatever, Rory mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Tiger. You know, I mean Tiger. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if you remove him as like a an isolated example. They were, you know, they were dealing last time. So in I 14, I think there was a lot of weather too, right? In 14. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. This time yeah. it wasn't so, until the final round. Yeah. Right. And Colin, who's supposed to be this great, you know, yeah. well, he's touted uh-huh. as the great iron player. Um, you know, he didn't make the cut. Well, you so, know, the knock on him, the knock yeah. on him that, that Glenn told us about a while ago, at least on in the in the uh-huh. golf Twitter, is that he's a stadium golfer. That's that's the right. That's <laughs> the idea. And I don't want to besmirch Colin. I love it. I love his game. Right. I love his swing. But it's just like, oh, he put a little little weather, a little mix it up in there. Yeah, and, and DJ, I mean, DJ was like plus. I'm looking at the stats now. I think DJ was plus thirteen. Mm-hmm. And didn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you think he, he cares close to the cut? He didn't. Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, DJ's just always just like, yeah, I'll be at the next one. Yeah, I got that, that gives me two more days off. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. We've got our special guest, Henry uh, McGannon, joining us now. Um, uh, he's probably like, what in the world did I walk into? A real golfer. Uh, the website is realgolfer.co. Hey, Henry, again, thank you so much for joining us. So before we get to Real Golfer and get to some caddy stories, let's talk a little bit about the Open. Did you watch? What did you think? Uh, uh, what were you? How did how did you see the course uh, as someone who's caddied on some of the famed courses that we've talked about? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I watched a little bit. I watched main, mainly the back nine on Saturday and Sunday, and uh, I heard one of you guys mention um, to like a casual golfer, the course didn't look that great. Uh, and I remember I was living in Pinehurst when we had the U.S. Open in 14, and it was kind of the same thing there. 
like the course was burned out and it was firm and fast because it has to be for those guys because mm-hmm. they're so good. And a lot of my buddies up in Michigan were texting me like, what's wrong with the course? Why is it brown? Uh, and I heard I heard some similar comments for this Open Championship. Did you like, get was that tech, so was one of those texts coming from Lawrence Brooks? Uh, a known critic of Pinehurst number two? Oh, no, no. It's a thing Man, on no, the show. no one likes Pinehurst number two. It's pretty, pretty rare uh, that someone who played number two ends up liking it. But uh, yeah, I mean, the course, they just got to set it up as hard as possible for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so Brian Harmon's win. Um, you know, coming down the stretch, obviously up up five strokes. I mean, when you're watching that final round, um, you know, what did you notice in that player in Brian Harmon? Um, there was anything that you noticed in him that said, okay, he's going to be able to close this out. I mean, as someone who's caddied uh, with some of these courses. So I caddied at this course called Eagle Point for one year in 2017, and Brian Harmon actually won the Wells Fargo uh, in 2017 yeah. at Eagle mm-hmm. Point. I think that was his last win uh, prior to this. And I watched him in person get the most ballsy, just unreal up and down on 18 with DJ one stroke behind to win the tournament. Uh, so when he was going into that with a five shot lead, I was like, all right, he's, he's, it's been a while, but he's done it before. And he got that up and down. Uh, and I, I had a lot of confidence in him. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, let's talk about Real Golfer. Um, uh, talk about that lifestyle fashion brand uh, and how you came about, came up with it and, 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 what's, and what's going on with it. Yeah, it's uh, been doing it for about a little over two years. I'm still caddying full-time. Um, it's a side project. Uh, I hope it grows. I'm working on growing it. Um, and uh, I guess to get started, I, uh, I realized all of the golf shirts that I had, I had won in golf tournaments or I had gotten from course uh, courses that I worked at because, right. uh, you know, they're just too expensive. Like, uh, who, who's going to go pay 90 100 bucks for a golf shirt? Um, so that's kind of where it got started. Well, it was Ver- also Vernon inspired. will, Vernon, Vernon will, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all, we all will, if it has a course's logo on it that we like, I mean, you're right. paying for the logo, mm-hmm. but, uh, and then another thing that, uh, kind of inspired me to start it was I was listening to a podcast called how I built this. You guys might've heard of it. It's an yeah. NPR pod. Yeah. Um, and there was, uh, the founder of FUBU, Damon John. I don't know. You guys have probably heard of him. He's on shark tank. He's pretty yeah. famous. Uh, and that FUBU stands for, for us, by us. Mm -hmm. And, um, that kind of resonated with me. I was like, wow, you know what? There's not really a golf brand on the market that I'm like, you know what, as a guy who works to play golf for free and grew up playing, going to getting lessons from the first tee, uh, there's not really a brand that I resonate with. Um, so that, that's kind of where I got the idea for, for real golfers. Nice. Nice. And so from there you build the brand, you've got, um, you know, the, the, the polo shirts and the golf hoodies, you know, and things like that. But you said you still caddy. Oh, and you've got the blog too. You've got a blog, um, on your website. Yeah. Where yeah. Right. If I can, it's uh real, real golfers.co. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know the backside. Just go to real golfers.co. There's a link that says caddy blog and, uh, lots of really interesting stories there. I, I read the one, uh, earlier today about, I guess we were interviewing the caddy master at, uh, Pinehurst. Uh, I encourage everybody to go. Yeah, it was actually my dad. So that, that oh. was an easy interview to get. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't pick it up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah so yeah, that, that, I encourage everybody to go, uh, to go over there and read that because the stories, I'm, I, for those who listened to the last week's episode where I did the, where I talked about padding for Glenn, he did it for me. And then we talked about like when we came back from band and our experiences, uh, I have a legit interest in it because I think I've talked about this before. I, don't, I think in golf, I think the only other sport that compares that has something similar is baseball, 
with the pitcher and an umpire. It's the only thing where you sort of have somebody executing and then somebody kind of managing for those who are not, who don't watch a lot of baseball, uh, who don't know the catcher's usually calling the, uh, calling the game or whatever. Right, right, right. He's got to manage the emotions of the guy. It's the only thing that comes close. It's, it's very unique. Uh, like we've talked about before, like we talked about with bones and, mm-hmm. and everybody else about, um, when to step in, when not to step in. I know you're not, you know, I, I don't know if you've catted for any pros or anything like that, Henry, but still, I imagine even for like high profile customers or, or people who are investing in like having a good time at your resort at Pinehurst or at Kiowa, you still, you know, take a personal pride in trying to do that job well, as opposed to just like, oh, I'm just here to carry the bag and give you the yardage or something like that, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. When when the player is uh, willing to listen to what I have to say, that makes the day so much more fun. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like I can really help them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you give them a bad read on the first hole, maybe they lose a little bit of confidence. You know, I think that first impression is important. I always try to nail the read on the first couple holes. Um, But the trust is important with the caddy-player relationship. You really need to trust your caddy because if you don't, you're going to be second-guessing what he's telling you to do, what he's not telling you to do. Mm -hmm. And we all know second-guessing is a death sentence in golf. For so, sure. uh, yeah, the, the caddy-player relationship is crucial, for sure. Okay, we're going to get into some of that caddy-player uh, relationship uh, and some of the people you've um, caddied for, including we're going to get some stories of the like the, the like the worst person, like like some of the worst <laughs> stories ever, and some of the best ones. And we've yeah. got some stories, too, of some guys we in do. the group who, if yeah. we were to yeah. come down to Pinehurst or Kiwa, and you were caddying for us, there are certain people we would not pair you with uh, because they have a certain <laughs> level of high maintenance. We'll, but we'll protect you from those people. But let's talk a little bit about your, like how you got into caddying. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, I moved to, I grew up in Michigan and I moved to Pinehurst, uh, right after high school to attend a community college there and play golf there. Um, and like I said, my dad was the caddy master at Pinehurst in the nineties. Um, so he told me, he's like, Hey, if you show up at the right time, uh, they'll give you a job because golf courses like that need as many caddies as possible at specific times of the year. Pinehurst, it's spring and fall. Mm-hmm. So I showed up in August. So I was like, all right, uh, I'm happy to caddy. And they let me on, did a little bit of training. And uh, it's a really good way to play free golf, especially at a place like Pinehurst who has nine courses. And uh, the playing privileges are great. We could play all of them except number two, basically. <laughs> right. Now, what's the training like? Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's uh, not much. Um, at Pinehurst, <laughs> it was basically like, I, I think they knew I was a good player already, but I basically just went out and caddied for uh, some other caddies, and they just made sure I knew a little bit about golf, and I'm physically able to carry two bags, well-spoken <laughs> enough to communicate. Right. Um, and then at the Ocean Course, it was even better. It was literally just go play the course like five times. and. Uh, when you think you're ready, just let us know. Uh, oh, so I've wow. told people, like, if you want to play Ocean, like, four or five times for free, just tell them you want to be a caddy. <laughs> wow. wow. Come, back, come back and be like, you know what? I, I've done it. I, I don't think yeah. I have. Uh, yeah. You know, I was second thought. I, was, I think I'm going to stick with the After playing job. five times for free, I don't think I have what it takes. But yes, thank you so right. much. I got a plane. I got a plane to catch. I got to go. <laughs> nice. Okay, so you're there. So your current breakdown. You you you. Um, where are you caddying now? I'm still at the Ocean Course full time. Okay. Okay. And do you ever get to Pinehurst to caddy? Do you still are you still able to go back, or, or when you're at one course, that's that's where you're caddying? Uh, well, thankfully, the Ocean Course is like a year round type season. Like oh. a lot of places, like Florida or Connecticut. 
like yeah. Florida, you can't caddy in the summer. Connecticut, you can't really caddy in the winter. Uh, so Ocean Course is kind of right in that sweet spot, right near Charleston, South Carolina, where mm-hmm. we have guests coming out year round. Um, so I, I don't really need to go back to Pinehurst. Um, I could definitely go up there to play with buddies uh, whenever I can. But um, yeah, I, I stay at the Ocean Course year round, which is super fortunate. Okay. Now another um, question, just just you know, to kind of go back. Um... Uh, to Pinehurst, you know, because it is an ongoing thing. We have fun with it. Like Lawrence didn't really enjoy number two. Um, the rest of us, you know, did. We lo- you know, we we loved it. Um, when when you encounter golfers who love number two versus those who don't, what are some of the main complaints? Because I'm sure there are people on the course like when they're playing and you've caddied for them, they're like, "Wow, man, I can't believe we're number two. This is so dope." And then you yeah. got some like, "Man, this is trash." Like, what is the main complaint that you've seen over the years about number two, and and what's just some of the fascination that you've heard about it with some of the play- players you're caddy for? Um, it's kind of the same thing. The thing that people love and the people hate yeah. uh, about number two is the greens. Um, I mean, if you guys have played it, you, you understand they're literally turtlebacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. oftentimes if, if a player plays well, they're going to like the course. If they don't play well, they're not going to like the course. Typical golfers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Typical, typical golfers for sure. Um, but yeah, number two is just all about the greens. The course itself is, it's okay. It is what it is. Uh, it's pretty like wide open and, uh, firm and fast and waste area everywhere. The course is good, not great. Uh, but the greens are what makes Piner's number two so unique. They're just mm-hmm. upside down bowls. Uh, definitely a common complaint was pace of play. Uh, oftentimes out there at six hours because you got guys going from bunker to bunker to bunker yeah. on the same hole, uh, and you're raking the same bunker four times mm-hmm. uh, just because the greens are so difficult. So right. number yeah. two is really just all about the greens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, how long as a caddy does it take you to fill out the personality of your group or the one or two people that you're caddying for? Mm. You know, how do you try to familiarize? That's a, that's a good question. Are these going to be fun guys? Are these going to be jerks? Like, what are they? You know, mm-hmm. are, are, are they, they cheap gonna... bastards? Are they not going to tip well? Yeah, are they cheap? What's my tip going to look like? <laughs> Uh, you know, are they going to be trying to put out right. for their triple bogey, or can we just move Man, on to the next hole? Pick you that up, Chris. Yeah, seriously. If you're putting for more than a triple, I'm not reading the putt. Uh, <laughs> it, it it doesn't take long to figure out if I'm going to like the guys or not. I mean, yeah. anyone who has a good attitude, we're going to have a great time. Um, I love it when the players are into it and they want to play well because that makes it more fun for me. I can feel like I'm really helping them and actually doing my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, mo- most guys are great. I mean, occasionally you'll get a, a guy who's not having a good time, but for the most part, everyone is awesome. I mean, you're out playing Piners number two or the Ocean Course. If you're not in a good mood, something's going on. Something yeah. wrong with you. I promise that I'm not by the time, uh, Vern. I promise. LB. So when you're caddying, and obviously, you know, you caddy for people of different skill level. And, and um, mm-hmm. is there ever a moment where you just like, it doesn't matter what I say. It's not like, I mean, inside, like, does that, is, are you disheartened oh, yeah. sometimes by that? Like this guy can't, this guy or girl. She like he or she they can't they can't play. This, this, this is the I'm best. Trying, yeah. I'm going the through best. the motions of yeah. telling you where to hit because I know you still can't. Oh, get it's, it there. it's 160. <laughs> right. Maybe take yeah. your like, four iron. Is that, is that disheartening or is it funny? Or <laughs> I guess it just depends on their attitude. I mean, if they're having a good time, because I say that all the time to caddies. Like, listen, I know you're telling me to go top left shelf because it's coming back down, but I'm I'm a try, but I can't I can't guarantee yeah. the result. But I promise you, I'm trying to do what you're telling me to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, 
Yeah, I get that a lot. I tell a guy left center, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll aim, I'll aim it at the left center. Like, I can actually do that. But, you know, you know what they say, aim small, miss small. Like, true. You, you might not be able to hit it on the planet, but you can still try to aim. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. And when it comes, and so, and um, have you, and, and what is your reaction? I mean, obviously you're a professional and you've got a great attitude, but inside, like, when you're telling someone, hey, this putt is going to be three paces to the left, and they're like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. I, it, no, I'm, I'm not. And they, and they, and they don't follow the instruction, and they miss. Or even if they follow the instruction, but they hit the ball, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't give it a good run. And they're like, you said three paces, two, three cups to the left, and that's what yeah. I did. You, know, you, you didn't, and that's. What, yeah, <laughs> I say that to say because when we were at Bandon, yes. uh, with in one of our groups, it was Guy Troy, it. and we've told this story before. <sighs> Troy was so we're playing a par three. The caddy shoots. He's like, okay, one twenty eight. And Troy misses, and he's all. I, I think Vern. I think you were in our group. Like he's <laughs> like I think he he might have chunked it. He came up short and to the yeah. left or something. I don't know. It was it was a ridiculous shot. So anyway, he's blaming the caddy. That wasn't one twenty eight. Blah 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 blah. And he's number one, the only guy in our group who ever really kind of acts like that. The rest of us, you know, you know, and we don't yeah. tolerate that for the most part. But then, but then, so my caddy because he was left handed. I'm left handed. Says Claude, you mind if I use your fifty two degree? Like, yep, he use it. Sticks it maybe maybe two feet from the green, like yep, one twenty eight, and yeah, it's the number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just the funniest thing. So yeah, I mean, when you're giving out these and, and someone like miss hits and and but they think it's you in the distance or something, or you didn't read the green right, you're like nah, it's it, it's you. It's got to be hard to kind of bite your tongue at that, especially being a good player yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you got to do sometimes. Sometimes you got to bite your tongue. I mean, you'll tell a guy right edge from ten feet, and he hits it like six feet by, and he's like, that didn't break. Uh, that's, that's super common. That's super common. So you, you definitely just got to bite your tongue. And if, if they keep uh, acting like that, kind of just stop caddying for them at that yeah, point. Just yeah. carry the bag. Dial, dial kinda, back hey, the reeds. Holes on the yeah, left side. Right. Yeah. And then oh, like that's, four that's, holes that's later when, when the they misread every hey, man, that's, that's when you, when you get to the green, you tell them, hey, man, tell me what you see on this. And, and then, yeah, we'll go with what yeah. you see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Let's see if that I, works. Yeah. I do do that all the time. If I don't, if I can't really, like, there's definitely times where I don't know exactly what the putt's going to do. And I'm like, what do you see? And uh, I'll just agree <laughs> with them if I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we, last year, uh, my brother in law said, he said, hey, man, I think I can get you to break 80. Uh, one of the easier courses we play normally, if you let me caddy for you. The conceit was, caddy basically just let me help manage your game and keep you from taking out dry run every hole or doing stupid stuff. And so we yep. did it. And then while we we're doing it, a match broke out and with me and a couple of the playing partners and it became this thing. It was really intense and it was really enjoyable for everybody. So I'm curious, you said earlier, you kind of hinted at this earlier when you said, well, if they want to play well, it makes it easier for you. Uh, if you do get a group, you know, we talked about the, the trash players, but if you get a, a group that's like fun to be around and maybe they have a team or a competition going on, do you find like, it can get really intense there. Like, you know, coming in on the home stretch, oh, yeah. maybe they're one up, one down, and you're trying to like wield into the victory. Oh yeah, for sure. It's so much easier to stay engaged when the guys have a match going on and they're including me. And uh, I know what the match is at. I know what my guys need to do. And usually that late in the round, I know the other players' strengths and weaknesses too. Yes. Mm. And so, I mean, and I'll almost treat it like a match that I'm playing in. Cause I've played in thousands mm-hmm. of matches. So, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe they bomb one down the middle and our two guys are up. I'll, I'll have the first guy hit a three iron or something, just get in play. And then the second guy just let it rip. Just, you know, right. totally common golf strategy stuff. Right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And uh, what I found interesting. So, again, I'm not 
I mean, he said there wasn't a lot of training, so I'm not a professional caddy. So after he did this for me last year, I didn't recognize him, but it was a good time. I said, hey, I owe you a favor. So we returned the favor a couple of weekends ago. I caddied for him. And let me just start off by saying to you and all of your caddy brethren, I told uh, I told Claude and LB, um, our caddy from Bannon, Jerry, if I could, if I had his information and I could give him more money, I would I would tip him more money because I had one bag. I carried it the whole time. I had one bag. I, dude, yeah. I was watching YouTube videos of like, oh, yeah, get to the ball before they get there. Oh, then shoot it. Oh, but mm-hmm. then clean yeah. everything. I'm leaving towels when I first yeah. – now, I will say by the time I got to maybe 9, 10, I was kind of – I felt like I had a rhythm where I was like, I'm going mm-hmm. up to the hole, I'm doing stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm really just imitating what I saw my caddies at Pinehurst and Bandon doing. But uh, yeah, yeah right. credit, cre- yeah, credit to you guys. But same, same thing happened. Like he's in a match with our buddy Mike, and it comes down to the last hole, and we're trying to, we're trying to will him to victory. I will say though that I, I, as fun as it was, I don't know if I could do it professionally because the biting, the biting your tongue part. We get into the yeah. fairway, yeah, and he's got like a easy. He's just got to bump it down there to, to like an area where he lays up when we go over to the green. He like flares, he like flares the pitch wide, and I just stand there and look at him. And I know I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, let's let's try yeah. this again. Yeah, but um, but no, yeah, like um, the the team part of it. And again, I understand we're just friends chatting, and you're just doing it professionally. But I feel like there's a team element there uh, that makes it fun. You talked about playing in a lot of competitions. Are these just like matches with your friends, or also you said you're a really good golfer? Have you done like you know uh, like amateur matches or like state matches and stuff like that in South Carolina? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I've played competitively my whole life. Uh played in the South Carolina in the last few years. This year I'm kind of taking a break because I can't hit a fairway to save my life at the moment. Uh, but, yeah, I've played competitively my whole life, and I think that's a, a big help with caddying for sure. For sure. Can you talk about um, – we're going to have a coach on next week to go into detail about this, but as a player, I always like to hear about the difference between guy who, like, maybe somebody you know who's like, oh, you're pretty good at golf recreationally and everything else – getting them from like mm-hmm. the, the expectations versus reality when they cross that border from recreational golf to competition golf. And now every, now it's every stroke, even that one footer is not a game. Yeah. Do you, do you, have you right. seen differences in guys, you know, like, Ooh, you tightened up a lot. Like, you know, you, you're normally here and you shot, you know, 85 or something like that. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys probably know it's coming in short game. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you're playing in competitive stuff, you got to get the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, a hundred yards and in that's 70% of shots in golf. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to wedge it pretty close. You can't be making bogeys from a hundred yards. Uh, and you got to eliminate the three putts. That, uh. I mean, that's what the pros do. You, you'll hear a guy like Max Homa or someone who's like one of the best players in the world. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was playing okay in 27, 18, 19, but I couldn't really break through. And then I started working with my coach and all we worked on was eliminating bogeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily making more birdies. And that's what really pushed Homa over the edge. So right. for competitive golfers, it's all about eliminating bogeys. And that's where the short game comes in. Indeed. Indeed. Let your opponent make the mistake. So really quick, going back to your brand, yeah. uh, real, real golfers. Um, have you found, because as we alluded to, I'll pay $9,800 for a shirt, but not now, because now I have an affordable shirt I can buy. Thanks to, thanks to Henry. <laughs> have you found, um, it's t- kind of taken off like amongst the the you know the caddy brethren a little bit where it's like oh man this is dope like we appreciate you creating something you know for us or whatever because i feel like those 
grassroots kind of efforts are the ones where like you're sitting here now talking to us and then in like right. you know 18 months we won't be able to to raise them via email we'll be on ESPN because that's usually how it starts right it's, it just starts with like some niche thing where it's like oh this was just for me and the me and the boys and then it then it expands like has, how's the reception been yeah I mean the caddies definitely are huge supporters uh I gotta say at the beginning when I had no idea what I was doing uh, the caddies kind of supported. Like my first order was only like a hundred shirts, and probably like seventy of them were purchased by caddies. Nice. Uh, so th- they kind of like kept me afloat and gave me a little bit of confidence. And uh, and yeah, the cat the caddies are big supporters for sure. And local uh, local golfers. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. That that's right. been huge for me. The the local support has really kept me afloat. Sure. Have you ever been up to the uh, D.C. area, the uh, Northern Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area? I, I haven't. The guy who owns Kiowa's, he also owns like half of Richmond, but I, I really haven't been up to that area to play. I'm sure. At it's some nice. point, we got to get you up here, man. We'll teach you some really, some really, uh, yeah. really good courses. Yeah, and uh, we and you won't have to caddy for anybody. And we and uh, maybe we'll have Vern <laughs> caddy for you at. Uh, I will. We'll see. I see what kind of job I do. Just don't be don't be the guy that's the uh, what did uh, what did Jerry call it? Was it the keep up? And sh- he so really quick like our our caddies and Bandit told us a bunch of stories. We asked them some of the similar questions, and he was like, "Yeah," he said, "Same thing. Most part, people are good. Every now and then, you'll get a keep up and shut up guy." And he he right. he said specifically mm-hmm. abandoned like. You know, there there had been a couple instances where like the disrespect was was too high, and mm-hmm. they uh, they they put the bags down. And I'm curious, actually, we can roll this into a question. At a at an institute like Kiowa or even Pinehurst, like you know, Bandon, Kiowa, Pinehurst, they're all like elite uh, golf resort destinations. They had situations where I think they had a situation where a high profile celebrity athlete came through Bandon, um, had caddies, didn't tip when he came back. And they told him. They told him. They said you can carry your own bags, but they had the backing of the caddy master, of the GM, and I think all the way up to Mike Kaiser, where it was just like, no, you won't. Like, well, we're here to serve, but you're not going right. to disrespect the staff. Like shit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Obi. They, they dis- awesome. <laughs> disrespect the staff that way. Uh, you know, has there? Do you find that that there's a similar kind of thing at those at those top level resorts too, where it's like, hey, man, you know, do your best, but at some point, you're still an adult man. And, you know, if, if you have to walk away, then then do so. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know if I would get that kind of support from the, uh, no. <laughs> that bad. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard Bandon is a great place to caddy. So maybe that's why. Well, to be fair yeah. to you though, to be fair to you, it is Coos Bay, Oregon, where there is nothing. So they, right. they right. if we, we need right. guys to stay out here, you know, no, no disrespect to Coos Bay. But, but. Right. <laughs> oh man. No, that's great. Yeah, I've that's also funny. heard it's middle of nowhere too, for sure. Oh gosh, it absolutely is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing going on. So, what do you what do you think's next for you, the brand, and even and even your golf career and caddying? Like, what do you what, what are you trying to do? What, what's what, what's the uh, future for you? Yeah, I mean, hopefully the future is fully entrepreneurship with real golfers. Uh, one of my coworkers and I are actually in the process of designing a golf bag right now because we've carried more golf bags than anybody else, and uh, we think nice. there's some improvements that can be made. Um, but, yeah, hopefully uh, entrepreneurship. I mean, I love competitive golf, but I know I'm never going to be able to compete with a guy like Brian Harmon. Um, and caddying is great, but it, it does take a bit of a toll on your body, so I can't do that forever. Uh, so hopefully, uh, real golfers or the, the golf bag, uh, something along those lines would be great. I love working for my, I guess, working for myself. I can't really say that officially yet, but, mm-hmm. um, 
I love doing something that I'm working on. That's what's so dope, though, because like, you know, we hear certain jobs like, oh, it's got to be the best golf job in the world. You know, outside of being like a professional, like on the on tour, it's like, oh, get the caddy at, you know, at number two or he's caddy in at band, you know, and, and it's but every but, you know, when you, when it's a job, you wake up, and you're like, no, I mean, it's still a job. It wears on you. It wears on your body. It's like, you know, I don't want to build my golf brand. So that, that's that's a lot of respect. So before we let you go, Hannah, we, you know, we, we, we tease caddy stories. Vern is super excited about this. So we're going to let Vern lead the, the, the story, the segment. <laughs> no, no, just give me, just, just give me some of your, some of your favorites. Just use sense. some of these stories. All right. Give us some caddy stories. What's going on, Henry? All right. Um, so my mom, actually, I'm staying with my mom up in Michigan right now. She's like, what caddy stories are you going to tell them? And uh, the first one that came to mind was uh, this very eccentric billionaire uh last name rockefeller you guys have probably heard of him uh and he's a he's like i said he's eccentric he's kind of nuts um but he's an awesome guy and uh he'll he plays only in january he comes out for like a week uh we tee off at 7 30 so first tee time on the grass he wants to play in like 90 minutes uh he brings like four clubs Mm -hmm. usually one of them is like a he'll have like a five wood or something he can hit off the tee and he'll have like a one iron, which is what he putts with. And he'll have like two super old, like he calls them mashies. I think that's yeah. what irons were called in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got <laughs> this crazy golf bag, always two pounds, which is awesome. Uh, and he lets me keep score for him. And the system is it's either a zero, one or a two. If it's a zero or if he hits a good shot, it's a zero. Okay. Okay. is one bad is two. Um, but it's really interesting because like, we'll get to a hole, like say 16 at ocean course. It's like a, maybe a 200 yard carry to the fairway. He'll, he'll just think to himself like, ah, I think I'm gonna hit the nine iron and just see if I can get it to the fairway. Like he, he doesn't play golf like in a traditional way. He just plays mm-hmm. how he wants to. And I guess you can do that when you're a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to question that scoring. Is that every shot or every hole? That he's putting the zero. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's every it's every shot. He'll tell me, Oof. and this is actually a, like a pretty good exercise for golfers. Okay. Like he'll speak it out loud. He's he'll say, "I want to hit this nine iron, like just to the front of the fairway." So he knows exactly what he's trying to do. He's super intentional about it. There's no second guessing, mm-hmm. and he'll try to hit that shot. And I'll either give him a zero, a one, or a two. <laughs> okay. okay, and then he adds it all up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he actually adds it up or not. He's kind of. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> right, because if, he, if he's playing by himself, then and there's no, you know, yeah, he's he can do whatever we can do whatever he wants. He <laughs> can definitely do whatever he wants. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Good way to, to center yourself there for Radio Lawrence. Thank uh, you. So I don't have to go back and post production. Do it. Oh, so when it's so, do you have a caddy story of someone of uh, a group that's out there and they clearly had a great night on town the night before and they're yeah. barely walking, they're stumbling <laughs> up on the course, can barely even get past, uh, you know. The, making the turn uh when they get in for their oh round. yeah that, that's like half the time at the ocean course because we're <laughs> right next we're right we're right next to charleston which is yep. a super fun town mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that that happens all the time for sure <laughs> nice. yeah uh, uh anyone's with with uh talking about the competition where maybe the groups are getting like legit competitive and they're pulling you and your other caddy friends like into the competition like where it's like but like more yeah. than you're like hey guys we're just here to have fun right or <laughs> <laughs> right that happens all the time. One time, uh, and this was like right at the beginning of my caddy career, I was 18 and it was at Pinehurst and I was like the new guy. So I was like last on the grass every day. And, uh, 
all four of the Mannings, so like Peyton, Eli, uh, the brother I think is Cooper and Archie Cooper, showed up yeah. to play some golf. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was I was the only caddy available, so I got them when I was nice. eighteen. And they were super competitive and hilarious, and uh, that's definitely a loop that I'll never forget. Especially because wow. I was I was so young, I, I was like too nervous to even talk. So I mean, it, it, that was a blast for sure. And they were super competitive. Who who's the who who was the best golfer out the four? Peyton, for sure. The other guys, like they were, you know, they didn't really play. Peyton's uh, really the only okay. one who actually played. He's probably the reason why they won and, or why they were there. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. There it is. All right. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I just want to remind people uh the price. Because when we Rod and I was there a couple of years ago, uh, we took the wives oh, yeah. out and uh we played uh Turtle, was it Turtle Point? Yeah, Turtle Point and, Nicholas. And we played another one. It wasn't the ocean. God knows it wasn't the ocean. Mm-hmm. It may have been Cougar or something. I, I don't I just remember. Probably Cougar. Um, yeah. 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 So then we walked over to the clubhouse at um at the ocean course just to look around and, you mm-hmm. know, buy some trinkets or whatever. At the time, it was only four hundred, <laughs> I think it was only four hundred and fifty dollars around then. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only yeah. right now it's six hundred dollars yeah. per. Oh, round. it's a uh, it's sawgrass. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I'm still going. That, right. guy, still, it, it just totally it. blew me away that they <laughs> they that they one that they would could would charge that much, and two people actually pay it. Yeah. It's, the, it's the second part. The second part leads to the first part. You had a bag. Right. Like, hey, yeah. Should... They they charge and people right. actually pay it. What's the one in well, Vegas? One uh, Shadow Creek, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. A band. Shadow a Creek. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. A thousand. A thousand around. It's a thousand yeah. ounces. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So anything anything else in the chamber? Like what? Uh, like what else do we got? Uh, um, from uh, uh, a, a Pinehurst or or Kiowa or? Uh... Uh, tr- trying to think of recent ones. Okay. Uh, I had Ron Rivera like oh. a month ago and it oh, was sweet. he and his wife and his buddy and his wife and he and his buddy beat their wives for they said the first time in like 10 years so they were pumped about that get out of here uh, oh, the wives were better than them <laughs> yeah the wives were good for sure oh, wow. and uh, i mean like ron rivera is actually a pretty good player i mean he shot like 82 okay. uh, but okay. the wives are probably playing golf while he's out coaching That's true. and uh, Among yeah, other they, they were good <laughs> any trash talking <laughs> yeah between the wives, yeah, there's definitely the some trash. There was, there was definitely some trash talking. Did they have the, money the on the line? Were, was there any bets? Uh, not that I knew of. Not, okay. I mean, they might have had some side stuff going on, but the wives were pissed. They were, they did not want to lose. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, and now, have you guys now? Is this something else? I, I'm thinking like about my own self being a degenerate gambler. Like, if I was a caddy, is, are there ever any bets between the caddies themselves to the like? Bro, you know, like oh, yeah. get you, you guys get your loops, and it's just like, oh, this guy's trash, and you're like, no, watch me, I'll get him to. You know, I don't know X eighty five or whatever it is, and you guys kind of have to settle yeah, up. We'll, we'll, it's hard to put a score on it because yeah, it's I mean, true. You, you don't just know. never know yeah. what's going to happen with these guys. They might lose their mind after six holes. Yeah. But uh, we'll play a game called pulleys, which you might have played while you're just playing golf. Who makes? Who has their player make the most putts that are like the length of the flagpole? Oh. So that, that's probably the, our most common like gambling game it's usually like okay. one to two at the end of the day <laughs> that's, <But>. true. 
<laughs> probably our most common game. Right. So now I know next time I have a caddy and I make like a what's that? Like I don't know, eight eight foot, nine foot putt or whatever. And he's like, yeah, somewhere I, in I just, there. I just yeah, got yeah. paid. Yeah, he's yeah, really invested and excited that you made that putt, or really upset, like, dude, I told you two hope come to the left. Like, that would be that would be me. I would like, be me. I would lose my composure. Really my, emotion. It's really emotional yeah, about costing me money. You got money on this. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Man. Again, it's been real fun. Realgolfers.co. Henry, thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. I, I appreciate it, too. Yes, yeah, so we're going to take Henry up on that offer. We're going to get him, some other caddies, and his dad, you know, on the show and, and have a little caddy talk. But, uh, Lawrence, you were you guys play that pools. What's the it's, yeah. what's the new thing? The grapevine is the new no, vine. The, 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 the cross, cross vine. Cross, cross vine. Yes. Cross vine, yeah. not grapevine. Yeah. I think? yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, cross vine. We'll talk. <laughs> Vern's shaking his head. We'll get the reason why he's shaking his head. But first, LB, your first <laughs> round in a long time. Who was yeah. out there? Uh, here they did a lot of renovations at Poolsville. Yes. Talk about the course. Talk about your mm-hmm. game. And all, okay. all things LB. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it was good to be back. It was only, what, 88, 85 degrees? So it was it was like, when I left my house, it was in the 60s. I hadn't seen the 60s, and I don't know when. Cause it was because, in, yeah, out in Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. The lows was in the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> so the weather for me was was just beautiful. Um, it was a nice day. I mean, it really was a nice it was. day. Um, so it was, let's see, Vern, me, uh, uh, Rick, was there mm-hmm. uh well my foursome was me Vern uh Wendell and Mike yep nice uh the other one was Rick the new guy who name I can't remember Jermon yep and then uh the nailers and the nailers right he's Jermon afterwards we uh we we all sat and ate and uh I kept wanting to call him Robin because he reminded me of Robin Harris. Did, you, did he, is it just me or? Did he oh, now Robin that you Harris? said it, now I'm gonna see it. Now, <laughs> wait, gonna, wait, remind me of who? Kids. Robin, Robin, Robin Harris, the comedian. Yeah, is, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept yeah. thinking every, every time oh. I'm looking at him, I wasn't that I was. I don't just met the guy. I don't want to offend him or anything, so I didn't, I never said anything. But I, okay, that's what he kept. I wanted to laugh every time I looked at him. Um, but the course, yeah, the course is always. I've never. I've, I don't know how many times I played there, but it's never been in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Vern the one of the t- last time I remember playing it was with Brant. Remember Brant mm-hmm. um, played with us? I played mm-hmm. out there with him one time, and that's when he he coined the phrase. At least when I first heard the phrase "laps," which was long ass putts. Right, yeah. right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember that was the third hole, I think, or something. I made a putt, and he was like, "Yeah, I hit doing laps," and I'm like, "Laps? What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Brent always had a saying. He always he did. Had, he was yeah. a nice guy. Oh, I, I kind of miss him. He was a good dude. Um, yeah, the course was nice. Uh, we had a we enjoyed the round. Uh, I <laughs> I was I played okay. Um, the first the front nine I was plus six. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, and, and of course, then the back was so <laughs> just the opposite. I think I was plus twelve or something. Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, I I got a triple bogey on ten and a triple on eighteen. That's tough. There you go. And that's that a was, tough that, that's a tough bookend. Yeah, that, yeah, it was terrible too. And it all were uncalled for. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, but it was a good round. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I took a page out of Mike's book where. So let me back up. So Vern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! You know who you know Vern, how Vern is. So Vern yeah. is from the Whites. Rest of us are hitting from the goal. So the goal so was fifty nine and some change. Yes. Call it six thousand. Yeah. I don't even know what the white was. Sixty four, fifty, almost yeah. sixty five. Because there were a number of holes. <laughs> we would pull up to the tee box, and his tee box 
it would be a good 40 yards behind us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Vern, yeah, normally me, you don't do that. Why did you no. want to? So let me ask some context. So we did. At, uh, so with LB coming back first time, I got him in the group with me. I said I, I wanted to keep him engaged. So we did the 3-6 Mafia competition. That's what I yes, call it. Was cur- cur- courtesy of Stephen Krupen, which is, for those who don't know, uh, first six holes, you take the best score. We did match play. So first six holes, the best score wins from your team. Next six holes, the worst score wins. And the last six, it's a team score. So for the worst score and the last score, like it, those, the floor matters. So, it, so everyone stays engaged. It's like, all right, you mm-hmm. know, I need you, you know, even, uh, even up to a double bogey, I need you to like scramble to try to get these. So I was just thinking, not saying that LB was going to play poorly, but just like, oh, let's see if we can do something. To, and I, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, LB. It seems like you were playing well on the front night anyway, but it seems like you were, did, were a little bit invested in like, for the team, like beating. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah those yeah. putts, even though you play for yourself, to me, it I think it, it it gave me a little more incentive to make that shot. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. It's which is actually, and I think about it now, it's really BS because you should think about it for your own self, let alone the team. You know what I mean? Right, right. But right. because it, I knew it, it was more important. It had a higher value, I guess, or whatever. It's just for you. Yeah, and just for me, it, it yeah. did make those putts, um, especially when you made them too. It made it made you feel yeah, really- made, made them that much. So to the now point, explain about this back. again. Well, but explain this again, though. Okay, how, how do you do it? So first six holes, so yeah, yeah, two man teams, right? Two man teams, mm-hmm. and basically you just take from the first six holes, you take the best score. It's the best yeah. score versus the best score. Whoever has mm-hmm. it, they win. The next six holes, it's the worst score. So right. like if I make a par and LB makes a six and then the other squad, they go, they go par and seven, it's the six versus the seven. It's the two worst score. Mm-hmm. And then the last six holes combined. It's just whatever the total number, whatever the total number oh, is for the okay. two of you. Mm-hmm. And okay. so because of that, because, you know, traditional match play, if you do it that way, it's just going to lean on, um, quote unquote, the better player. Obviously the sure. variance with us, you know, right. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is, this is cool because it makes everybody has to play up to their ability. So okay. as a result of this competition, since we weren't doing any strokes, I thought one that, that and I've been playing well. Those are the two main reasons. I was like, you know what? And it's Poolsville. It's open. It's not as open as I thought. Or I, or I, or I at least, or at least I spray it further than I thought. Uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to play back. Now to LB's point, here's the thing, club. I said, yeah, I'm going to play from the white 6400. Sometimes we see these differences in distance, but you don't really see them on the tee box because we'll be mm-hmm. playing from our normal distance. But oh, it's right there. But we're not checking every hole. So in the right, first couple right. holes, we pull up, and yeah, the whites are right there. They're like right by the goal. This is 10, 20 yards. Hey, 10, 20 yards. The first place we noticed it was on the part three when we came around the corner. And mm-hmm. I was like, where are they going? And they were <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the goal is up there. Uh, part three is uh, 140. And I'm back here at 198. I'm like, Whoa. all right, cool. So uh, so the first three part threes were 200. And then it started on the part fours, like on like the mm-hmm. whole five or six. That was yes. the first one. We turned a corner one time, Claude, and it was legit. 50 to 75 yards yeah. between the two. Yeah. Wow. And remember yeah. the one, the one, uh, I think that's like number, I don't even know. Oh, one, the, the one with, Yes, well, you couldn't even, it, it, you couldn't even yeah, see the other tee box. Well, so you pull around the corner to the tee box, and the only two tees by, back there is the tips and the ones I'm playing from. And I was like, oh, we got, um, we're looking around the corner, like, oh, y'all tees, there's a big, if you can imagine, there's a big, like, uh, visual block of trees on the left. So I'm like, oh, their tees must be down and to the left. No, no, their trees are all the way around the corner in front of the trees. <laughs> With the other three sets of tees. So I'm back. And so I basically had to take driver uh, every hole or whatever. But it was good. Yeah. It was good. We did end up winning the match. We uh, yeah. Mike and Wendell put yeah. up good comp though on the front. They both played very well on the front. Nice. I got to shout out Matt really quick before uh, LB gets back to his round. Yes. Matt put up a 76. It's a yeah. five Ooh. over there. He's Ooh. dealing. Yeah. Yeah. I told him. I was like, man, I feel like you, you know, you, you might be looking at like trying to break par at this point because I figured yeah. – 
if you're if you're mid seventies, par should be within reach. So you maybe oh, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. grinding. A couple of birdies, grinding. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. He's doing his, he's Ooh. doing the stizzle. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, hasn't been playing that long. Three, four years, something like that. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, credit to him. But yeah, so yeah, Matt was dealing, and uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. Had the mm-hmm. competition was a good time. It was good to have LB out. Everybody was happy to see him. Yeah. Um, next cool. weekend I'll be able to stay after the round. This time I had to jet back or whatever. I will say this though about Poolsville. When I pulled it up in in maps to to look mm-hmm. it up, it said you last visited nine years ago, and it was with wow, that was with that was with LB, it was with LB yeah. and two other maybe you I can't mm-hmm. remember who else was there, um, and at the end in reviewing the course, you know I talked to Lou and I talked to Matt about it and everything else, and it's kind of like, um, how can I put it? nothing to complain about, mm-hmm. but perhaps no reason to go out there other than. To break up the monotony of the Moco course, right? Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah. it's just hard for, for it's an hour and it's twenty. Hard to get there. Yeah, yeah, it's an hour and twenty for me. It's not very high up on two seventy. For those who don't know, it's very west. It's almost towards mm-hmm. Virginia. It's to the river. Basically, yeah, the river yeah. is just on the other side of those trees. That's true. Because you hear all, you get all the plane traffic from Dulles. That's how far west it is. West it is. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for what it is, Claude, it's like, well, you know, for an hour twenty, I'm either going to go, I'll pay the. 110 or whatever and go to Maryland National or mm-hmm. Musket or something. Or it's not plain, but it is, you know, it, it's a decent, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Like, yeah, you it's, can, a, it's a really, it's a, if you like hamster greens, I think yeah. you like this course. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of course. Yeah. The, but again, the, even from my house, it's mm-hmm. 40 minutes, 40, yeah, it's close to 40 minutes, 45 minutes from my Dang. house. You and that's the thing. thing. If, you like Hampshire, if you like Hampshire, right. like Poolsville, but Hampshire's closer. Right. Even Bennett. Know. And Bennett, Bennett, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Bennett. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. It's, it's no, it's no easy. Like I say, for miles, it's for, and I, you know, I can, you know, it's right over there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. it still takes you because all two lane roads. Once you West. get off of two seventy yeah. or the Beltway, it's all two lane roads. You know, through the, through God's country, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no, there is no easy way to get there. So. Yeah. Now I would recommend if. Play it once. I would say like play mm-hmm. it once, maybe play it once a year because the greens, credit to the credit to Moco, yes. man. Mm-hmm. The greens, the greens were uh, very tricky, especially once they started to speed up at the end. Earlier, Claude said I was shaking my head and I'm going to tell you why because listen, look here, cross vines. Right. It's Poolsville. All right. So everybody who lives in the area knows, uh, you know, uh, you know, Landover. It became Springdale. No, that's Landover, bro. That's Glenard. Right. That's Bryce Seat. Bryce Seat Lickers over there. <laughs> right, so what they exactly. did was they took, yeah. if you go right now to MCG, you can yep. still book under Poolsville, but if you try to look up the course, Matt showed us that it's a 404. It doesn't go anywhere. So they're trying to change the name and everything else. Yep. I say, don't get too big. All right. You still <laughs> yeah. a Montgomery County uh, public course, the even, mm-hmm. yeah, right. even even with the, uh, what is it, the winery or the, the, winery, the, yeah, yeah, the, the winery, winery out there, the which is new too. When you pull up, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, since they just did it, all the plants are, you know, seedlings or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. But so I think uh, shout out to Moco for doing it, because obviously yeah. I'm jealous because Enterprise, we ain't got no winery at Enterprise. All we got is the Bryce C. Lickers. What, 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 <laughs> right. what I got? Yeah. If, if people who have played there and haven't been back. So where the mansion was that had been that shut down, oh, yeah. you know, the <laughs> falling down mansion. That's where they, they cleared that out. And that's where they built the winery. So it's going to be a really I'm I'm probably. I want to go out there one day just to see what the winery has and all that kind of stuff. And, and credit to Glenn, uh, he did make a good point that next time I do think we should go back there next year. And then when we mm-hmm. do, we should probably stay and eat at the winery, not at yes. the winery, because the food mm-hmm. in there. I saw the pictures from there, and it looks really good. So credit to them; they're doing what yeah. they can. I'm gonna to try it. and check it out this this before the summer's out. Before the summer's and out, I'll, okay. And I'll report back. Yeah. And yeah. while we're on Montgomery County, I have a I have a, a I don't I don't know what you call it. I have a an opinion. I'll say okay. it that way. Okay. 
Right. Claude, you, you're a Montgomery County resident, correct? Yes, sir. Then you know I got my tax bill today. <laughs> I opened it up. Oh, he told me about this. And it was, well, I didn't, I, but I did get, I told you about this already, but I got the tax bill today and I opened okay. it up. Okay. Let's just say it's high. Okay. It's very high. Mm-hmm. Now my, here's my, here's my, and I'm going to find somebody to write this letter to within the Montgomery County uh, government. Okay. When we travel and we go to Florida, we go all these other different places and play golf, go to Vegas. What do they have when they rates, uh, Claude? They have a residence rate. And an out of state or out of town rate, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Montgomery County courses; these nine courses are funded oh, by my tax yeah. dollars. They should have a county rate. They should have a county. I rate. should yeah. get a discount. I mean, mm-hmm. I pay state taxes. I mean, some of that when it goes well, into Montgomery County. That's true. That's very true. And I pay state taxes as well. But you do not pay Montgomery County taxes. <laughs> I pay BG so. taxes, but they higher than that. But we ain't got nothing. We got I, and I, you know what? And it ain't got to be crazy. Give me a 10, 15% discount. Just enough to let me know that you yes. appreciate me paying my taxes and giving you some more money to pay the courses in my county. Now, I, think I, think Howard, I think Howard does this, actually, because I believe when, they, when we play Timbers, they ask you actually, if you're a resident right. of Howard yeah. County or if you live mm-hmm. in Columbia or something like mm-hmm. that. So there are some there are some. And there's no and I don't think I mean, even if and I'm sorry, Vern, but even if they raise the out of the out of town or out of county rate. Five percent. Vern pulls up. Vern pulls up and has to pay one hundred and two at Hampshire, while we pay seventy five dollars. Where do you live? I stay in Beach Tree. Oh, there in PG County. Oh, okay, cool, sir. I'm like, it'll be one hundred and sixteen dollars. Right, exactly. But yeah, but I, I really think they should do that. I mean, because. That's a good point. I mean, they really should. Everybody else does it. All the you county courses I mean? should do that. I mean, even Prince George's yeah, County. I mean, you I, I mean, I wouldn't be bad at them if they did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, no, I, they, I, only they only got, got, <laughs> I only got one course I would go out there and play, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> you know who really could do it? Fred, well, I guess some of the courses that we call in the Frederick Five or Ten again, Montgomery County. No, they're, they're, most of them are Frederick, though. Frederick could really do it. They yeah. can really hit you over there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah we got exactly. four, four or five of them. So, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, <sighs> I, 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 don't think that's a, I don't think that's a big ask, to be honest with you. I really don't. Yeah, you should. Um, you yeah. should write a letter. Yeah, write it to, gonna, um, when I get it, when I get to me, I am going to write a letter to somebody. Early, exactly. Yeah, he ain't yeah. doing nothing else. Get to do something else. Here, do something. Here's a project for you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do something, man. Like, like. I mean, if you're not going to stop crime, then at least lower the the, the price. <laughs> the lower the price of my golf or something. Huh. Yeah. What an odd pairing. All right, y'all. It's golf. It's golf DMV. We'll be back next week.